Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat with your hosts, David Clancy and Kieran Dunn. This is a podcast about high performance. What we are striving to achieve is to figure out what makes high performing individuals tick, why they do what they do and why they are successful. Enjoy a journey of stories, lessons and learnings. Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat, episode number 96. Today I spoke to Christopher J. Worth, founder of No Quit Living, podcast host, coach, and author of The Positivity Tribe. Chris brings good vibes, plain and simple. We talk about spreading positivity, gratitude, and not necessarily rooting against someone for differences of opinion are okay. Chris shares his experience in areas such as accountability, positive mental advantage, and controlling what you can control. We talk about how to approach small and large obstacles and Chris gives us tools and tips for these moments in time. Bookending your day with a consistent morning and evening routine is a common trait of high performers we've spoken to on this podcast. Chris is very much the epitome of one who takes ownership of these key pieces of our day. Drink it in. Thanks for joining us, Chris, and best of luck with the book and everything else. Plus, listen to his personal development podcast also. We are fans of No Quit Living. Hi, Chris. Thanks for coming on the show. How are you today? I'm doing great. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for having me. And tell the listeners, where are you calling in from today? I'm calling in from Greenwich, Connecticut in the United States. And we're speaking to you from Dublin, Ireland. Have you ever had a chance to get here? I have not had a chance to come over there. It is on my bucket list. And this is my second podcast that I've ever recorded in a different country. So I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm hoping to add to that list moving forward. And Chris, tell us about what's going on in your personal life, professional life. What are you doing at the moment? Yeah, I so I run No Quit Living, which is a motivational speaking training coaching company. I work with individuals, teams. I do a lot with sale, sales teams and I work with college sports teams. And the thing we focus on is accountability and the what we call the PMA, positive mental advantage. And I just became an author recently, and as I said, I got three young young kids, 11, 9, and 7, about to be 8. I got divorced last year, um, and it's been a crazy, hectic, exciting six months, and uh, I'm excited for, uh, for the future and what's to come. Chris, what about the Positivity Tribe? Can you just share with us what that really is all about? Interesting story. So for the last year we've actually been spreading these positivity notes. We've been putting them on on cars, under their windshield wipers. We've been putting them in different places. And it started here locally in Connecticut. We're on the border of the Connecticut and New York state. So we did it in Connecticut and New York. And we started posting it on Instagram and different places. And what happened is people started reaching out to us and saying, hey, how do we get some of these notes? So fast forward over the last year, we've spread... Uh, 12,000 notes in six countries and in 36 out of the 50 states in in the United States. And the premise behind the book is I was actually writing a different book in February, March of this year. And during these challenging times, I decided to create and write The Positivity Tribe, which is a fable based upon three high school juniors age 16 slash 17 that are going through some really challenging times in their personal lives, their best friends, and they become this quote unquote positivity tribe. And what they start doing is they start spreading these positivity notes throughout 
not only their school, but also their community. And what they realize is it has a huge positive impact, not only on themselves, but other people. And when they're spreading positivity and when they're uplifting other people, what they realize is it actually helps them tenfold. So it's the karma perspective in regards to paying it forward for others. It comes back to you tenfold. And the one of the ideas of the book within the power of positivity is one person at a time. And I think obviously you guys mentioned these, it's been very challenging times during 2020. And I think there are some amazing things that are happening. There are some incredible companies and people that are doing some amazing things. And this book was obviously um, created during this pandemic and the feedback so far has been, been fantastic. And our whole objective of this book is to get it in the hands of as many people as we can and really focus on spreading that positive message of uplifting spirit. And the two words we use a lot are encouraging and supporting others. That's fantastic. And it's actually really refreshing for us, you know, two Irish people here to hear that, you know, good people don't always finish last. There's very much a perception out there that sometimes you're rooting for people to not do particularly well, but it, the positivity tribe nearly seems to flip it, that in essence, we can root for people to do well. Yeah, you know, what you just shared was is really interesting. There's a very famous motivational speaker here in the United States. I'm not sure if you guys uh, know him, but his name, he passed a couple of years ago. His name was Zig Ziglar, and he was just such a positive spirit. But what he said, and and he said it so well and so eloquently, is instead of rooting against somebody, why don't you root for somebody? And what he meant by that was, for example, if you were a fan of this sports team, or if you were a fan of this political candidate, or this company, or this industry, it's okay to want him or her, that company, that team to do well, but how about instead of rooting against somebody, so instead of rooting for somebody else or a team to do poorly or to lose or to you know have, have some bad luck, why don't you spread that positivity and, and spread it for your person and for your candidate or for your team? And, and I think that's where we are in the country now, is in, in not, not only in our country, but throughout the world, I think we need to realize that it's okay to have a difference of opinion. It's okay to have a different idea, a different interest of sports or music, religion, fill in the blanks. But how about you do it in a non-combative way? And instead of you know being anti-somebody, be for something or somebody. And I think if we did that as a world, we'd just be in a better place than we are right now. And especially during this pandemic, just here in the United States, you, know, you turn on the news and it's it's the death toll and it's this ridiculously negative um, presidential campaign we're having in our country right now. And, and I think so many people are just yearning for that positive uplifting message. And, and that's our real objective and hope with not only this book, but just everything we do with our company. And even with the college sports teams is it's such a competitive space within the United States and college sports. And we always try to teach that positive mental advantage where you focus on controlling what you can control and trying to, approach that game or practice with the best positive mindset of not being anti somebody or anti another team, but let's be pro our own team and let's really focus on what we can do. And no matter what, let's put our head on the pillow at night, knowing that we did our best today. That's a great point, Chris. I think it's sometimes hard when you're in sport or when it's something important to you to remove the emotion from when you're rooting against someone. Maybe it's a rival team or something like a presidential campaign where you, you don't want one party to win particularly. So do you have any tips in terms of how we could remove that emotion and not be drawn by it 
to support the wrong side or to support a negative bias towards one or the other. Yeah, you know, that's you know that's a really interesting question, and, and one of the things we we talk about is we use um, with our clients a journaling method, and what what I mean by that is is putting some stuff down on paper. So if you have those ill feelings or whether it's against a campaign or another rival, instead of putting it out there and saying it to other people and repeating it, we always say, why don't, why don't you, you know, put it out on paper if you have to get it out and you feel you need to. And then basically we use the throwaway method with our clients is if, if you feel that you need to do it to get it out there instead of holding it in, write it down, but then crumple it up and throw it out. And when it comes to a big thing we, we also have with a suggestion is, unfortunately, is, is turn the news off. And what I mean by that is if you know that the 6 o'clock news is going to talk about the death toll and the update of, of this coronavirus and the pandemic, and you know that then the second half is going to be you know, all these presidential campaigning of, of anti the other person and anti this person, why don't you try to control the controllables and mute that negativity? And, and it sounds crazy and complex, but the reality is it's, it's pretty simple. You can just literally control some of the things you can control. And obviously, if you're walking down the street and you hear somebody saying something, you, know, you can't control what other people do. But what you do have that control of not putting the news on. Or if you do, you know, watch TV, you know, and and there is a negative program, or you feel that it's it's something that's not going to be positive or uplifting, change the channel. And I think that's the one thing we we talk a lot about, and we use the example of and the analogy of change the channel. But I think it's something that we can all do, not only with the TV perspective, but also in life. Is if you're hearing or seeing that, you know, what change the channel. You know, if you have a friend, for example, that he or she is really putting out some negative vibes, and and it's not really helping you out is it doesn't mean you, you know, tell that person you're not never going to be friends with them, but maybe you say, you know what, you know, I'm not going to have dinner with them tonight, or, you know, I don't really want to call them on the phone. I want to focus on something else. And maybe I'm going to watch a fun comedy movie, or maybe I'm going to go to a music concert or just read a good book. And I think that's the thing we, we really focus on with some people is, is that idea again, which, which I've said a couple times now, but control the controllables. And there are really only a few things in this, in this world that we, have a hundred percent control of. And I always try to work with my clients to, to emphasize, you know, more of what you can control and less of what you can't control. And Chris, we always want to own our own morning and have a great bubbly start to the day, but it's not surprising sometimes that you get a bad text message or a phone call or an email comes in, you look at it and just sets you off the other way. How would you get back into the right space? And what would that note card or the calling card be that you'd maybe put on the car windscreen for someone to flip it back to a, a positive start to the day. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's a that's a that's a great question. You know, I I think one of the things we've done a lot with is is the Japanese proverb of fall down seven, stand up eight. You know, the thing we try to focus on is is we all have challenges and we all have obstacles, and don't allow that obstacle to ruin your entire day. Don't allow that person that email to to ruin your entire afternoon. So for example, to your, to your point, if you have that difficult email you receive or that very difficult phone call, let's say it's nine o'clock in the morning. At that point, you have one of two very simple choices. You have one choice to allow it to impact you for the entire day. Or the flip side is, is you have the choice to allow it to impact you for a couple minutes and maybe you address it or you respond or you kind of figure out you know, what do you need to do? How do you need to respond to that? But then it's the other perspective. We really believe in the power 
of meditation. There's been so many books in the last two to three years, just I know within the United States that have been really focusing on meditation and not so much from a perspective of 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes, but more along the lines of just taking a couple minutes, a couple minutes of deep breathing and just focusing on, again, this happened, this happened to me, you know, excuse me, this happened this morning and I can allow it to either impact everything or I can allow it to impact a small piece. And we really believe in the value of meditation, deep breathing. Another thing that a lot of our clients do is during those tough situations, email, phone call, text message, maybe even seeing something um, difficult on social media is, is put on, put on some music, you know, take a couple minutes to really just step away from, from that. And the reality is it's still going to be there. You know, you're still going to have to respond or, or um, deal with it. But what about putting yourself in a better frame of mind and, and meditation, deep breathing, and also listening to, to music that you enjoy. It's scientifically been proven to have, to have such a positive impact on your mood. It, obviously it doesn't take everything from, you know, a horrible situation to amazing, but there is scientific uh, proof and studies behind meditation, breathing and music and how it can have a really positive impact on changing your mood from a tough situation or a bad place to, to a little bit better. And I think it's fair to say that for the for short term meditation and, and breath work and different sort of practices, like even mobility could get you back into the space where you need to be. But what about the long term challenges, those obstacles that are longer than a day could be could be years, could be months, could be, you know, could be a decade. What sort of advice would you give to that person to give them positivity all well knowing that there is potentially a dark cloud on that horizon that comes and goes. Yeah, I think that's something we we all probably encounter at different points in our life is is something that is going to be a more long-term challenge. And the thing that we we coach and we teach about is using a sports analogy is is taking those small victories and and what we use and you talked about compound is small victories compounded lead to huge victories. So for example, if there's an ongoing challenge what we teach and coach our clients to do or businesses is how can we work on this in small chunks every day so for example the analogy i always use is nobody has ever gained weight or lost weight in one meal or one workout what i mean by that is a significant amount so nobody has ever gained 50 pounds by having real one really bad cheat meal nor has anybody gained 50 pounds by not working out for one day. It's those small cheat meals and missing two workouts, then a week of workouts. Then all of a sudden, you know, you haven't been to the gym in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, and you compound that. And we use that same example with our clients to look at those big challenges and obstacles and say, okay, here is a very big, and maybe it's a daunting obstacle. If you look at the whole thing at once, now let's take a step back and we, we tote, teach and coach people on reverse engineering that big objective or that, you know, very large challenge into bite-sized pieces. So what can we work on today that's going to put us closer tomorrow? And then when tomorrow comes, what's that little victory that we can have today? And and when we do that with our clients, it goes back to the idea, and I know you guys have heard of it, is, is you know, 1%, you know, be 1% better, do 1% more, work on something 1% today. And all of a sudden, if you compound that over seven days or two weeks, now all of a sudden it's seven or 14% little increments, one at a time, then two, then three. And now all of a sudden that huge obstacle 
because you've broken it down into something bite-sized, it doesn't seem as daunting. And when, and when you're able to take obstacles or challenges and take them from being something really large and giant to a little bit less daunting, the science behind it, the statistics show that people stay with it more so when they look at something as this giant obstacle. When you can break it down into something that you can do today and then tomorrow, the likelihood of you being able to accomplish that goal or objective is significantly higher. That's a really good point. And two people we admire, Darren Hardy and James Clear, have spoken about the compound interest and getting 1% better each day. It's definitely something me and David try and do here. Um, in terms of remaining positive and having a positive mental attitude, in Ireland it's sometimes seen as being a bit away from reality. Someone who's overly positive is often looked at as a bit fluffy and not down to earth. So there is that bit of resistance in Ireland have you ever experienced that resistance going into clients or companies where you've tried to impact with a positive approach and they've been sort of standoffish about the idea? Yeah, you, you know, that's, that's such, a, such an important question. I appreciate you asking that. I, I'm not sure if you guys are, know over there the, the author, John Gordon, but he's written a bunch of books and his most famous book is The Energy Bus. And He's a very positive guy as well, and he was actually just on my on my podcast yesterday, and we were talking about just that. And I was interviewed last night on another show, and and the guest asked me that exact question. And I one hundred percent have encountered that not only my in my profession, but also my personal life, where people have that pushback and the hesitancy. And what I always share when it comes to positivity is positivity is it's not about always this Hollywood ending and everything is perfect. But what it is, is it's acknowledging challenges or obstacles or acknowledging a bad day or bad mood. And it's acknowledging that it's there, addressing it, but then approaching that with the best positive mindset. Obviously, we want to have those amazing days and those great things that happen to us. But the reality in life, especially with 2020, we've all encountered challenges. We've all had those things that are thrown at us that we weren't expecting or anticipating. And when that happens, just like when a great day and an amazing morning happens is you do have that choice to continue to approach that morning, that afternoon, that evening with a positive mindset in, in no way, shape or form does it mean that everything's going to go perfect and have that, those rose colored glasses and, and those fairy tale ending. But Zig Ziglar has a famous quote that I share all the time. And he says, a positive attitude won't get you anything. But, as a, but a positive attitude will get you anything better than a negative attitude will. And that's something that I, I hit back with people when they you know push back with the hesitancy of, well, everything's not perfect and great and, and fairy tale Hollywood ending. I said, no, you're right, it's not. But what if we all approach this with a positive mindset and let's try to make the best out of it? We can't guarantee that it's going to go great. We can't guarantee that everything's going to go the way we want to. But let's guarantee that we're going to commit to each other or to the company or to the sports team that no matter what today, we're going to give our best attitude, our best approach, and we're going to try to try to remain as positive, not only for ourselves, but for others as well. And the irony here is it's actually pouring down from the heavens right now outside our studio. I suppose that's good for plants. It's good for the plants. Um, so look, we've touched on, on, on the positivity side, the mental piece lifting and elevating people something we've seen on your website and what we've seen in your social media sort of footprint is accountability and that principle and you even have your worksheet I'd love you just to touch on the importance of accountability for you 
Yeah, I appreciate that. And thank you for, for the opportunity. We have a clothing line and uh, everything on our clothing line. We use the hashtag accountability and accountability has been something that has been in my personal life for for a few decades now. And it actually goes back just a little bit of context to when I played. I played two sports in college. I played basketball and tennis, and then I coached high school and, and college basketball here in the States. And for me, the accountability perspective is something that I think people often overlook and not from an area of error or or not caring or, or not having interest. But I think it goes to the fact that people don't understand before you can be accountable to a teammate, to a coach, to a parent, to a spouse, to a friend, you have to be accountable to yourself first. And I think people miss that. And what we talk about a lot is that self-accountability mirror. You know, when you look in that mirror at night or in the morning, you might be able to, to fib or stretch the truth to a friend or to a boss. And maybe he, he or she asked you if you made, you know, 30, 30 sales calls and maybe you only made 25 and you said, you tell him or her, yeah, you know, I got my calls done and and I'm not condoning that in a sense, but it's, it's stretching the truth a little bit. You might be able to do that in some ways, but when you look in that mirror in the morning and at night, you know, you can't lie to that person. That person's not going to lie to you. You know, if you did what you said you were going to do, you know, if you followed through at work personally with your kids, your parents, your spouse, and for us, the the biggest foundation of, of accountability, and, and we do a lot of this work with our clients, is, is putting things down on paper. And I think a lot of people have these ideas and concepts or goals or objectives and even challenges, and it's in their mind and they're thinking about it. But when you take an actual piece of paper and a pen or a pencil and you write things down and you put it down there, whether it's a journal, whether it's a notebook, what have you, it just adds a, a huge value to to actually taking it from a co- concept in a mind or a thought and actually putting it down on paper. And the other thing we teach a lot and, and we're fascinated with is utilizing an accountability partner. So for example, we do a lot with sales teams and we'll go in and we'll talk to a, let's say a sales team of, of 50 people and we'll go through objectives. Maybe it's from the sales manager or the CEO level down and he or she is giving us, you know, some requests of what we'd like, what they'd like us to coach or teach on. And then during that that training or coaching session, we'll go through it. We'll give some ideas and suggestions. And at the end of the day, what what we'll then do is we will take um, into place and we will say we'd like to now put accountability partners. And what we'll do is we'll have either the manager or salespeople do or sometimes we'll do it, but we partner people up with. And what happens with an accountability partner is you are saying to that person, I'm committing to this. But on the flip side is, is they're also committing to you. And then you have a, a weekly checkpoint, whether that's in person or on video. And you then have something and somebody to hold yourself accountable to in addition to yourself. And the statistics behind accountability partners for business and personal are, are astronomically successful. And it's, it's just really understanding. And obviously I could talk probably for hours on this subject, but it's something that I think people miss because it's, it's not something that you need to spend hundreds or thousands of dollars on. It's something that, that we can all do, but it's also something that's that's free and it doesn't cost money. It costs effort and and finding that right accountability partner. And we've done a lot of work in that in that department and we really, really see the value not only personally, but also professionally in having people and, and companies that you're accountable to, but on the flip side, companies and people that that are also accountable to you as well. That's very good, Chris. In terms of 
impacting people's actual behavior change. Is there anything you do or use in terms of your interventions that has an effect on people's day-to-day activities and day-to-day doings? Yeah, and in today's day and age, so many companies invest in bringing in outside people or even using their own and whether it's on video or webinars or even in person. And what happens is, is people get very excited for that day and typically the next day where somebody comes in and and excites them, motivates them. It's a new voice, a new face. But what happens is it wears off and there's not a, there's not a ongoing change. And you had mentioned some of the forms on our website. We have an accountability two pager and it's free on our website, but we also cater that and we actually will design them for our clients. So let's say, for example, you guys own a real estate company and you have individual salespeople that their job is to sell residential real estate homes. What we'll do is we will speak to you and find out some of the culture and some of the things you use and, and would like to track for your for your salespeople. Then we will create that two-pager for your company. We'll put your logo on it. We'll, we'll work with you. But then that's something that we leave with the clients. It's something that we leave with them and we ask them within their accountability partnership, within their accountability to themselves. And we ask them to use that for the next 14 or 21 or 30 days, depending upon what the company structure is. And you'll see, and we see that people are implementing those changes because they're doing those things on a day-to-day basis. And it goes back to what I said earlier, it's those small victories. So if we're leaving your, your firm today and everybody's going to have um, quite a few copies of the accountability two pager, we're then going to say, okay, guys, tomorrow we'd like you to talk to your accountability partner and just confirm with him or her that you did the, the two pager. And then I want you to do that, you know, the day after that and the day after that. And all of a sudden going back to those small, small wins is they've done it one day, two days for one week, for two weeks. And now all of a sudden, when we check back in with our clients, they've had significant changes because they are doing things and they're going ahead and doing what most people don't consistently consistently do, which is taking action. So it's it's wonderful to bring in speakers and trainers and coaches like myself and, and our team. But the most important part is that when you're done talking or training or going through a webinar, you have actionable items that you can put into place and put into your personal or business life today. And and that's what we've seen. And and in no way you know, do we bat, you know, 100% with everybody changing, but more often than, than not, you see that companies and individuals are going ahead and putting the work in and they're seeing the results. And it doesn't happen overnight, but it's also not something that, you know, you have to do for, you know, 35 or 40 days before you start seeing it. And again, it goes back to what I've said quite a few times today is, is you have those small wins. So the first day, the second day, three days in a row, and all of a sudden within that company, you're seeing, that positive connection of saying, Hey guys, we're seeing it's working a little bit. I really like holding myself accountable. You know, I'm seeing this working and, and, you know, you have that small victory lead to the second small victory. And all of a sudden you compound that over a week, a month, you're seeing hopefully some, some positive significant changes in your personal and professional life. And Chris, just to build further on that, a trait we often see in our high performers that we'd interview on this pod from different spaces, such as the military, arts or or business, is that they have a very diligent morning and evening practice, that they're very consistent with that structure and essentially gives them the best opportunity to be their best selves through the day. What does that look like for you? 
Yeah, I, I appreciate you asking that. One of the questions that I that we ask uh, on my podcast, uh, each guest is, do they have a morning routine that they swear by? And and I started doing this probably 25 to 30 episodes in, and we just finished our, or we just released our 300th episode. So I, I feel like I have a, a, a small college degree in this area. But what I've realized myself as well as, as interviewing some of the most successful people in all walks of life is is they bookend both their morning, their start to their day, and their evening, their end to the day. And what I didn't realize at first, and now I'm very cognizant of it, is a morning routine, a successful morning routine, actually starts the night before. So to your point, what I like to do is I like to do some reading myself. I like to do some journaling. I like to do a little bit of meditation. And for me, and what I always recommend with with all my clients and even people I talk to, um, just casually that that ask or inquire about it is what we have to do with meditation and breathing is it's okay to find ideas and suggestions from other people, but what works for somebody doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So the reason I share that and I'm very cognizant of discussing that is you have to find what works for you. What I mean by that is it could literally be a one minute meditation routine. And I have friends and and clients that actually will do 30 minutes to 60 minutes of meditation in the morning and the evening because it works for them. So again, going back to your question is at night, it's, it's turning off the TV at some point and putting the phone away, putting the computer or tablet away and picking up an actual physical book. There's, there's been a ton of studies that, you know, reading an actual book or a magazine is, or printed article is, is entirely different than reading on a tablet or a phone because of the blue light and all that. But then it's, it's journaling a little bit. It's meditating for a little bit. And the other thing that I like to do is, is I express gratitude for things that happen during the day. And what I call them is I call my victory during the day. And then I'll look at a couple areas that I could make improvements on. And then what I do is, is I get my, my morning routine ready. So I'll get my water. I'll lay it out. I'll leave my journal out there. I'll put my book out there. And then I'll just think about calming down a bit and I'll do a very small brief not, I wouldn't say it's a meditation right before bed, but it's more along the lines of just, you know, calming down, breathing. And then first thing in the morning, um, and I was, I was a hundred percent guilty of this for such a long time. And I'm so grateful to some of the incredible guests I've had, but first thing that most people do in the morning is they pick up their phone. And what I now do, I actually charge my phone, uh, in a, in a different room. So I have it on as far as noise for a phone call, if there's an emergency, but as far as text messages and emails and all that stuff, I turn it off and I wake up in the morning, I grab my water first, I'll do journaling, I'll do some reading, I'll do some meditation, and then I'll look at my my planner for the day, what I have to do, what I have to accomplish, what my meeting schedules are, when, I'm, when I need to see clients. And then right after that, I, I go to the gym and I get a good workout in and I don't touch my phone. I don't respond to emails and I don't go on social media. And that has been a lifesaver for me. And like I said before, I was a hundred percent guilty prior to this of, of picking my phone up the first thing. And, and a guest, so many guests on my show have shared something and I'll just share very quickly with you. But the premise behind it is the minute you pick up your phone and you look at emails, text messages, or social media messages, you go from a, from a state of, reacting to other people's priorities and you set your day up in that reactive state of somebody else's interest, somebody else's concern. And the minute you do that, 
it changes the entire scope of your morning. And on the flip side is if, if you don't focus on other people and their needs and their, and, and again, it doesn't mean like if there's an emergency, you're not responding, but you know, nobody's going to re- typically send a message on social media. You know, if my, fi- if my house is burning down or somebody's in a hospital, you know, they're going to pick up the phone and they're going to call you, but it's really focusing on being proactive and starting your day and your morning on your terms, as opposed to being reactive. As part of your work, Chris, you obviously work with influential people and influential companies. Has there been one moment or several moments where they had a larger than expected impact on the way you do things or even changed your approach to things going forward? You know, there, there hasn't been one, and I know that maybe sound a little bit cliche, but, but there have been so many moments over the last just two years in particular where people have, have shared some things. And, and the thing for me is a lot of my clients, you, you get down to the nitty gritty of, of their personal professional life. And I've just been extremely fortunate to, to build some really strong relationships, both professionally and personally with some of my clients and the companies and this, and the sports teams we work with. But there, there really hasn't been, I can't, I can't pick out one specifically. There have been so many times and people have, have reached out and followed up and said, Hey, I wanted to introduce you to this person, or, Hey, you really had, you know, a positive impact on my personal or professional life because of this, this skill or tool you gave me. I wanted to share with you, you know, what's, what's been happening and how it's had a positive impact. And all of a sudden you hear that and you see that, and it's just in, in incredible. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm so fortunate to, to be able to work with some of the people I do and, I've, I've been so fortunate to get some incredible introductions and referrals from, from companies or people that have been on my pod on the podcast that I'm just extremely grateful. And that's one thing that I'm really focusing on in 2020 and 2021 is, is really expressing more gratitude, both inward, but also outward to those people and those companies that really have, have expressed um, appreciation, not only for, for stuff that I've done or myself, but also, in general to other people, because I think that's the one thing that I've found in today's day and age with technology and, and social media, there's never been in more opportune time to connect with different people. And just like we're on this, on this podcast today all over the world. And I'm just extremely appreciative of some of the incredible people that have come in and out of my life over the last two years. And Chris, having cast a glance backwards and touched on the importance of gratitude and, and those sort of things, what's next? What's the next big project on your horizon? I appreciate that. So uh, a big thing, obviously, is is the the current book we're doing, the Positivity Tribe. We are we have a goal of spreading a million positivity notes throughout the world. So that's another thing that's on the horizon. But my uh, my publisher just reached out to me and inquired about writing a a follow up, a second um, Positivity Tribe book, which which I can't release what it's going to be on yet. But that is something that is is really really exciting. And we are also launching virtual mastermind groups um, in November of this year, and we're going to be doing hopefully them on a monthly basis moving forward. So that's that's really the the main projects that we have now, and it's just been amazing to connect with other people, you know, like you guys all over the world. And you know, the foundation of all all that we do and all that I I, I bring about is is really focusing on positivity, and and I think it's been incredible. And I think, unfortunately, and fortunately, this book, this idea, this concept came at the perfect time throughout the world because it's been incredibly challenging, as we said, in 2020. I think the one common denominator 
we have moving forward is is life's not going to be perfect. Everything's not going to be easy. But how about if we all spread a little bit more positivity and if we all encourage and support each other as opposed to compete against each other? And I think if we could do that as a country, as the world, I think we'd all be in a little bit better place a year from now, two years from now. Thanks a million, Chris, for all the great insights so far. We do have one question left, and it's the signature question of the show. What does high performance mean to you? That's a, I knew that was coming. High performance to me is something simple and basic, but it's when you put your head down at the pillow at night is you know you really delivered and you got after it. And what I love about that question is there are days where you're not going to put your head in the pillow and feel like you gave 100%. And I think those are actually good moments to have because you should use that in a positive way to inspire you to come back and get after tomorrow. And the flip side of it is the days that you do know you really got after it, you you know, were accountable to yourself and to others, you're going to have that momentum moving forward. And one thing we always say is if you're putting your head down on the pillow at night and you, and you know for a fact that you didn't get after it that day, it wasn't your best or you're close to your best of a high performance day, it's okay. You can't go back and change it. But tomorrow, don't have two days in a row. So make sure you get after tomorrow. And we're all about momentum. We're all about streaks. And obviously, I've touched on a bunch of those small those small wins. But I think when it comes to high performance, it's really just knowing that when you look yourself in the mirror at night, that you gave you gave your best effort today. Chris, we'd like to say just thanks very much for giving us the time to talk to us. You're doing a lot of amazing things. We have to acknowledge you. You know, no quit living, the kind of positivity tribe, the good vibes just you're radiating across the states and it's obviously come across the atlantic to the two of us here might just stick a note on his new aston martin i mean he got got a pink one outside no no just messing um set him up well for the rest of the day so yeah stay fit stay healthy keep in touch and once again thanks very much for your time today i appreciate thank you again so much for the opportunity i had a blast it was a really fun time thank you for listening to today's episode of sleep eat perform repeat a story of high performance this was brought to you by Howora, a whole person wellbeing company founded and run from Dublin, Ireland. Find out more at howoralife.com, spelt H-A-U-O-R-A life.com. Please rate, review and share the podcast. Some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. Others make it happen. The GOAT, Michael Jordan.